This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to Elevate, the student ministry of Living Word Church, where we exist to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. May it elevate Jesus and encourage you. Let's get started. Welcome, Elevate. Well, I love being with you guys every week. Our society continues to operate in insanity. Uh, The social structure and the ideas of love and romance and dating are just in this constant spiral. And even though it doesn't work their way, they keep trying it again and again and again. And maybe even some of you, as young as you are, you've gotten into that spiral and it's gotten to get, you've dated someone or been romantically involved and watched that sort of crumble or fall to pieces. And it's this idea of insanity, doing the same thing again and again and getting the same result. And that's why I hope that this series, this Little Black Book series, just puts up a road sign that there is a different way of doing things. And so every week I'm opening with the same question. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you've always wanted. And if you thought to yourself, well, maybe I haven't, I haven't really thought about what kind of marriage I want. Well, maybe most haven't, and yet they're getting romantically involved with people and dating anyway. So they're jumping out into a boat, into an ocean with no heading, with no direction, and hoping for the best. So I think it's best if we start thinking like that. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the marriage you've always wanted? So the first week was, we asked the question, are you willing to redefine love? Love is a commitment to choose, not an emotion. But if love is a choice, then it empowers you to choose wisely. To say, I love you, is to actually make a commitment. It's to say, I choose you. But it also says something about where you stand. If you're saying, I choose you, it's also saying, I choose to set myself apart to belong to you. So the phrase, I love you, is a heavy statement. The next week, we ask the question, are you willing to embrace the differences of the other gender? Women are like spaghetti. Men are like waffles. We think differently. And one of the biggest conflicts is when we believe the other person thinks the same as we do, but we process life differently. And last week, the challenge was, are you willing to grow first? even before jumping into a romantic relationship, even before having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, are you willing, if you want to have the marriage you've always wanted, are you willing to grow first? Because being the right person is more important than finding the right person. Spiritual maturity has to grow first. And there are some must-haves, and we covered four must-haves And it doesn't mean that you're perfect, doesn't mean you have it all figured out, but in at least these four areas, you need to have spiritual maturity. And the first is having correct priorities. What's the most important thing in your life? What's the second most important thing in your life? And does your your money, your time, and your energy align with what you say are your priorities? The second is having humility. It's the only way to have a healthy relationship with someone else is to have personal humility. And third, self-control that you're not just flying by your emotions or flying by your feelings. And third, having clear boundaries. So tonight we're asking another question. And the question is, are you willing to date differently than the society and the culture around us? 
And for that, I brought my survival water filter. Hopefully it won't fall over. Look at that beauty. Now, it is a survival water filter, which means, and if there's any other possible way to have clean water, you don't do it this way. But I also have the nastiest, murkiest water I could bring out of the ditch. Everyone go, ooh. There's some slime floating in there. I've got grass. You want to see how our filter works here? All right, so it's going to take... It's going to take some time to drip through this thing, but we have big rocks, small rocks, sand, and ground up charcoal from a fire pit from someone's property that I trespassed in. Shh. All right, we'll just let that sit. Oh, that's so nasty. Our filter. For success in a marriage, we have to see choosing a life partner more like a filter than like a dating game. And just to kind of open up where we're going, often our culture says you should date someone until you determine they're not the person for you. But it's exactly backwards. Wise dating actually says you don't date someone until you've determined that they're someone that you might see yourself with for the rest of your life. It's entirely backwards. Dating isn't the whole series. It's actually just one small layer in the filter. And so as we talk about Christian dating, you have to realize that we're only, the word dating is only one in a long stream of filters that you walk through. That water's coming out so clear. That's cool. I don't anticipate it being very clear, just drinkable. It's working out well. So we're going to remix the view of dating. And some of these concepts are going to be foreign, but I ask you to at least consider them before you throw them out. Because they might be a little bit different. So are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to date differently? So just to, to open up the thought, who in here has a job? Anyone? Summer job, Chick-fil-A, working for parents, whatever. Okay. Now, if you have a job, who, before you got your first paycheck, opened a bank account? Anyone? Have a bank account? Why would you need to get a bank account? Go ahead. Just talk back to me. Ethan, why did you get a bank account beforehand? Right, right. So you can get a paycheck or a direct deposit and this piece of paper that represents cold, hard cash that you worked hard for is good, and it's right that you have it. Or this direct deposit, there's this money in the ether floating around that belongs to you. But until you have an account at the bank, until you're a member of the account and have an account at the bank, this piece of paper or this direct deposit is useless to you. You might have it, you could brag about it, you could be proud that you have it, and yet it has no ground, it brings no value to your life until you have a bank account. Romantic, romance and dating and love is beautiful and it's good and it's right and it's of God. But until your identity is already set up in the, in the best account ever, you're not right for it. Did you follow that thought? 
until your identity already lines up with Scripture, until you already have an account in Jesus Christ, then something that is good and right would only spoil in your hands. You have to be right for it. And a lot of what we talked about last week was covering that. But we have to look at a a definition of dating and a purpose of dating through the scope and through the eyes of your identity. Because your identity is going to form your definition of dating. Your identity is going to form who you date, how you date, when you date. So who are you? If you have committed your life to Christ, then this actually becomes very, very clear. And once we answer who you are, when to date, who to date, and how to date becomes very, very clear. So let's turn in Scripture together, or you can look at the screen, to Matthew 16, 24. What is a Christian, and what is a Christian's life purpose? And let's let that begin to mold definitions for us. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus is speaking, and he says, If anyone would come after me, I hope you have this memorized by now, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. It's the definition of a Christian. What is a Christian? It is a follower of Jesus Christ, an imitator of Jesus Christ. Someone who is laying down their own life to pick up the life of a Christian. That's what a Christian is. Now, what is the purpose of a Christian? Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, coming from Jesus' great sermon on the mount, Jesus says this. He's looking at his disciples and he says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And he gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. And what's the final outcome? And give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So what is a Christian's life purpose? In a life of hedonism, in a life of darkness and fake love where everything is saturated in self-worship, a Christian's life mission is to glorify God, to be light in that culture, to be salt in that culture. That is mine and your life purpose. So if you're a Christian, your life is more about, is more, about more than just happiness. It's about more than romance. It's about more than just defeating loneliness in your life. Your allegiance is no longer to yourself. It's to your Lord's kingdom. And we have an enemy who wants to use romance to distract away from that purpose and from that goal, from your first love and from your first calling. So here's the question that I lay out right here at the beginning. Will dating add to your light, to your saltiness, to your purpose? Or will dating make you dim and flavorless for the kingdom of God? As a Christian, you need to confront that question. Does dating enhance your walk with Christ? Does it make you more effective 
for him or does it distract from it? Because if you step into dating for the wrong reasons, it's going to sabotage you. It will backfire. You only need to begin dating if God has brought you to a point where that relationship is going to brighten a dark world, where that relationship is going to push you towards Christ and is going to push for the kingdom of God. Why? Because as a Christian, your life's not about romance. Your life is about Jesus. We have to get our priorities in line. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things we added to you. This is what you've chosen when you gave your life to Christ. So our definition of dating and our view of success in dating become formed by this life purpose. So here's a definition of dating for you. It's the best that, best that I've got. It is when two Christians are agreeing to companionship toward marriage for the glory of God. That is Christian dating. A Christian's life purpose is God's glory. So they would begin to date someone else who has a common mission and agree to walk together in that. Just like I've told you before about Jackie's triangle on the night that she and I decided that we were going to start dating. She had this light way out in the darkness. And she said, look, let's pretend this is Christ and bring each of our fingers closer. We're going to pursue Jesus as individuals and we'll get closer together. So are you willing to date differently. Success in Christian dating is no longer just having personal wholeness. It's no longer sexual gratification. Success in Christian dating is the best possible success is marriage or two, a wise, mature breakup. And here's success in a breakup. That you leave them with a higher bar than they've ever had before. That, guys, she will settle for nothing less than how well she was respected and treated and protected by you. And girls, the same. I just lay harder on the guys because I'm one. But girls, you leave that with his having a bar that can be no longer lower than what you set. That's success in a breakup. When the two of you mutually say, this isn't what God is calling us to. We are not each other's life partner but success can also be going all the way. So Christians date differently. Here's three big ways that Christians date differently. First, a Christian assigns marriage its proper value. You see, society undervalues marriage. That's why marriages are falling apart everywhere. That's why people don't even want to get married anymore. It's much easier just to live with someone than it is to actually make a life commitment. But it is a God-designed, God-blessed sacrament. Mark chapter 10, verses 8 through 9 says, The two shall become one flesh. A miracle transpires. Check this out. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. It doesn't say what Dominic and Jackie joined together. It doesn't say what insert names joined together. When two people stand at the altar and they say, I do, in God's sovereignty, he's the one that put this together and not even them anymore. So if God put this together, it now has become sin to tear the miracle apart. So 
Christian dating is different because Christians assign marriage its proper value. Marriage reflects the character of God, as you can see in Ephesians 5. It reflects the relationship between God and his people. Marriage sanctifies you for heaven. It is life-altering. It messes with you. You, you. you get squeezed in ways you didn't even realize that you find ugliness in yourself that you didn't even realize. It's sanctifying. And your marriage is going to define the rest of your life. It's more important than your career, your house, your money, where you live, who your friends are. It's going to shape the rest of your life. So it's different because it assigns marriage as proper value. The second major difference about Christian dating is that a Christian, listen carefully, a wise Christian, because God is their first priority, will only date another Jesus-following Christian. Period. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. This is even talking about a romantic relationship. How much more should we have to be careful not to be yoked to unbelievers? For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? You don't know... If you are on Christ's side, then all of those who do not claim him as their Lord and serve him are actually an enemy of the one that you say you love with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How can those two be joined together? How can they walk in harmony and unity together? They can't. The idea of yoke, if that's a weird word for you, it's not talking about like an egg yoke. It's talking about when you th think of, of two ox pulling a big plow and there's a big wooden board that goes over both of them that, that straps them together so that they can pull together. And there's this really strange thing that happens. If you were to attach a big, burly, strong ox to a very weak ox, you would think that the weak ox gets drugged by the strong one. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm a Christian, and I'm a strong Christian, so I can probably date someone that's like, eh, you know, it's just sort of iffy. But that's not what happens. When you yoke a strong ox to a weak one, the drag of the weak one actually will break the neck of the stronger one. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers because it will drag you down. Christian dating is different because they'll only date another follower of Jesus. And third, Christian dating is different. Bear with me on this. I want you to heart of where we're going because this is rich if you'll follow me, if you'll be willing to think about it before you throw it out. A Christian doesn't search for the concept of the one. This concept that there's only one person on the planet for everyone else. There's this perfect other puzzle piece that fits you perfectly. Proverbs 16, 9 says that a man plans his ways, but it's actually the Lord that directs his steps. And it puts quite a burden on you to say, of the three and a half billion people on the planet, you have to blindly search through and find some mystical one. Think about that. Think about the, the weight and the pressure that would lay on someone. I mean, what if they're in Singapore or Norway or China or South Africa, and you're supposed to find this, this fateful person? 
Finding your, your, your missing puzzle piece sounds romantic, but it denies the real romance. And the real romance of love is saying, I choose you to be my one. Do you hear the difference? This change in perspective is the difference between, I think you're my one, I feel you're my one, I hope you're my one in the world for me, where the decision is out of your control versus I choose you to be my one in the whole wide world. Bring every other person past me. It doesn't matter. I've chosen. And I choose myself to belong to them only. That's beautiful. That's romantic. You see, the danger is if you believe your job is to search out for your destiny person, you may believe that you'll only ever be happy if you find them. So you find yourself maybe in a marriage someday and you're unhappy and you think to yourself, well, maybe I just didn't find my one. Versus I've chosen this person to be my one and I need to fight with everything I've got because I chose them and I belong to them and we're gonna make this work. This is a problem in social science right now that interviews across thousands of couples that met through online dating sites, that many, many, many of them will even get married but not delete their dating account. Why? And I quote, just in case someone better comes along. You see, the difference between searching for the one and making a choice for the one, based on wisdom, based on the Holy Spirit, so Christian dating is different. Remember your identity. Remember your purpose. I love this. Let's, let's look into the, the, the window of the heart of David for a minute. This is Psalm 16, and, I, and I'm putting it, I think I'll put it on the board because I'm jumping around a little bit. Do I have a slide for this, Psalm 16? Good. All right, listen to David's heart. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Let me ask you, who was David's one? It wasn't one of his wives. It wasn't some best friend. It, it, it wasn't anyone. David had chosen the one he received the most fulfillment from, the one he'd received the most blessing from, the one that gave him joy to live with forever. And it wasn't a girl, and it wasn't a guy. It was his Lord. No one would live up to David's love for the Lord. This is this, a psalm of someone who finds their wholeness in God, who finds satisfaction and security in him. So maybe, maybe with our priorities realigned, with our life purpose out in front of us to be light and salt, to put first the kingdom of heaven, to love him with all our heart, soul, and strength, maybe we start thinking like this, that God is my one, and there will actually be perhaps many who will come through your life who would be compatible who you could choose to be your two. 
Did you follow me in that? So much less pressure. Because love is a choice, not an emotion. And you know what? When you've chosen your one, there is no one in the world that can displace them because they are it. This removes fate. It removes emotions from the driver's seat and it replaces them with wisdom, with trusting God's sovereignty and with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Christian dating is different because Christians don't have to search for the one. So what is Christian dating and what is Christian dating not? And I'll start off with the not. I'm so impressed by this water. That is the nastiest ditch water I could find. And I even threw slime and grass in there and it came out so clear. That is so cool. I will. So what is Christian dating not? Number one, Christian dating is not for those who aren't ready. Check out last week. We covered that. Dating has the potential to be very destructive if you're not ready yet. Just because you have a crush, just because they like you back, does not mean you're ready to date. Christian dating, number two, is not all it's cracked up to be. It can make things awkward. It risks heartache. It can destroy friendships. And you spend a whole lot of time and energy battling sexual temptation. Song of Solomon 8.4 says, don't arouse love before it's time. So it's not for people who aren't ready. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. Number three, it's not, 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 not a good way to, quote unquote, really get to know someone. Social scientists say that it can be up to nine months that two people are dating before they really let their guard down to show who they really are. It's not a good way to get to know someone. You need to filter, 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 filter before you get your heart involved. Instead, observe them at school. Find out what they do in their spare time. What are they like on social media? How are they at their job? How do they treat people that are maybe lesser than them, like their siblings? How do they treat your friends? How do they treat their friends? It's not a good way to get to know someone. Number four, Christian dating is not for the purpose of rescuing someone from their troubles. Guys love to be heroes and make rescuing the distressed girl the mission. And it's a whole lot of fun when there's romance involved. Girls like to try to convert the bad boy. It's terrible. A Walk to Remember was a cute movie, but it's a terrible dating strategy, Lainey. You can support a friend without becoming romantically involved. And number five, Christian dating is not an alternative to being lonely. It might seem to fill a void for a little while, but if you are, a, if you are not a whole person, it will not make you a whole person. And give it a little time, and your not being whole will manifest itself in your relationship in destructive ways. Christian dating is companionship between two whole people, not two half people. All right, so what is Christian dating? Well, it's two Christians agreeing to companionship towards marriage for God's glory. So number one, you each have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus has not taken a back seat. Both of you are heading towards the peak of the triangle. And you'll either meet and walk together or you will pass. Number two, Christian dating is when two people view each other as prospective marriage partners that don't have deal breakers. We'll talk about deal breakers next week. 
If you're not ready to pursue marriage, if this person isn't someone you can see yourself with forever, do not date them. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your heart. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your emotions. It's not worth it. Number three, Christian dating is exercising selflessness. It's exercising humility. It's exercising teamwork. It's a whole lot of hard work. You're learning how to disagree. You're learning how to argue in healthy ways. You're learning to make mistakes and forgive. You're learning learning new stuff about yourself. Dating is not a kid's game. Dating is making countless of adult decisions. So let's remix dating a little bit. Are you willing to date differently? Now, you may have to use your imagination for a little bit, but I can tell you a little bit about future you. Someday when you go to buy a house, what you will not do is buy the first house that has your favorite color on it, move in, and then decide if you want to keep it or not. That's not how you'll house shop. In fact, you will probably sit down and come up with what are the most important things I need to have in a home, and then you will go out and you'll look at 20, 30 different places and you will comb around them. You're going to get inspectors to go out and check out things that you don't even think to look for for yourself. You're going to negotiate money. You're going to make sure you have enough money. You're going to go through all of this process before you ever sign your name to say, this house is mine. Why? Because you can move into a house and it can be a train wreck and a disaster. So if you wouldn't do that with house shopping, why is it that so many people leap into a dating relationship and they date until they decide that this person isn't right for them? See how destructive that is? See how, how much wear and tear that puts on your heart just to go from one relationship to the next relationship just long enough to find out that they're not the person you will see yourself with for the rest of your life? But instead, wise Christian dating is, I'm going to get to know this person until I discern that this might be someone that I can see myself with for the rest of my life. You're gonna invest a lot more than just money into this relationship. No healthy relationship has ever been ruined because of taking things too slow, but a whole lot of hearts have been broken for people that have moved too fast. So what we wanna do with our filter steps is we wanna create Layers. We want to create filter layers. We want to create steps of investigation. We want to filter, 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 filter. And the goal is to use as much wisdom and patience as possible because big wisdom and big patience equals little heartache and little drama. I'll say that again. Big wisdom and big patience equals little heartache and little drama. You can reverse it for big heartache and big drama. It's okay to come to the point where you just say, this person is great as a friend, but I'm choosing not to get romantically involved. And that's okay. You should be able to have rich friendships with the opposite sex. All right, so filter, 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 filter. The first on our filter is friendship. I know none of these are going to be shocking, but wisdom isn't, Having a lack of the answers, wisdom is applying what you know is, is wise. So even though some of these aren't shocking, have the wisdom to apply them. So the first one is friendship. Friendship is great because you don't have the temptation to wear masks as much. 
You're just gonna be you as you become better and better friends. You're more likely to see clues of who they are. And I'll tell you something, the best marriages are between the best of friends. Listen to me closely. Two people that are physically attracted to each other don't necessarily become best friends over time. Just because they think the other is smoking hot does not mean that they will become best friends over time. However, best friends will grow in attraction and it'll grow and grow and grow. Starting off at the level of friendship is a great way for you to get to know their friends, for them to get to know your family, for your family to get to know them in not awkward ways. It's really weird to bring someone home and be like, by the way, this is the person I'm dating. Get to know my parents. It's so awkward. But if you're friends, you skip all of that weirdness. Number two, filter number two, is group hangouts. Observe them when they're with their friends. What kind of people are their friends? How do they treat your friends? What are they influenced by? How do they treat strangers? In group hangouts, there's so much less pressure to be a couple. And in group hangouts, there's no financial cost to you guys. Number three, third filter. See how easy this is? You get to to know people. You're skipping so much heartache. You're getting to know so much that you you might have gotten to know later and would have been like, eh, not really sure that I want to be dating this person. Number three is double and triple dates. By the way, double and triple dates are way more fun. You get a lot more energy going, a lot more inside jokes build up. There's so much less pressure. They're much less awkward. And yet it's a step towards being a little bit more serious, but you don't have the commitment. Then you move to filter number four, going on one-on-one dates. And you start seeing what surfaces here. These, these aren't like you're exclusive or anything. No, it's just you spend time with them one-on-one. And you have to ask yourself some questions. Is there pressure to get physical because you have nothing to talk about and have nothing in common? What's your conversation like? Does time come together easily? Are you able to be yourself? Do you laugh a lot? Are you seeing something in them that's worth holding on to? You see, up until now, there's no pressure. You could say, no, I want to keep this person as a friend. And there is no heartache, no breakup, nothing messy. Friends aren't taking sides. No nuclear bombs are dropped. You can still see them at school and it's not weird. And then the next one is, and I don't, I don't have a great term for this. I just know what we called it in 2003, but we called it talking. And this is whenever you're at a, at a place, you can call it whatever you want, but this is where you're having mature and open conversation of where you are and where you're going and if the other person factors well into that. And if you haven't yet, it's time to start unpacking who you are, where you're going, what your dreams are, what your goals are, what your priorities are your faith, your values, your sexual standards, your life's direction. And you start talking like, are these things in harmony together? Because if if you're going due north and I'm going due south, then it's okay. We can be friends. We can stay right here. And even right now, there's still nothing messy that happens. We're just talking, we're getting for real. Is this thing something we can both see for long term or is it just best if we stay friends? Then finally, number six. Notice this is only one step on the filter, is actually dating exclusively. This is a mutual agreement for companionship 
with marriage on the table. Like we see each other as someone we could be with for the rest of our lives. And Jesus is remaining first in our lives. And I'm telling you, avoid getting here too fast. Filter, 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 filter. Because you are saying, I, I could see this possibly going forever. So here you start doing life together as two separate people following Jesus. And the best case scenario, listen to me, your best case scenario is you only get to step six once because you filter, 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 filter. And if not once, far less times than you ever would have if you just jumped into whatever felt great at the time. Then, while you're doing life together as separate Jesus followers and you're beginning to process and work together, then the next step is engagement. You're committing, you're committing for life and you're simply waiting on the wedding day. You're at full transparency and disclosure. There's nothing hidden. Past relationships, mistakes, personal struggles, all that stuff is old news at this point. You are practicing for a lifelong unity. Like engagement is not the last trial and error stage. Engagement is we've already committed to this thing. In, in biblical times, it took a divorce to separate people that were engaged, not even married yet. That's why when Joseph and Mary, it talks about Mary turns up pregnant, they're engaged. He has to decide, do I marry her or do I divorce her? Like engagement isn't the last trial and error stage. Engagement is we're committed to this thing. We're just waiting on the wedding day now. And then finally, number eight is marriage. Success. And it's at this stage that the actual hard work begins, believe it or not. So in short, take it slow. Filter, 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 filter. Now, is this the only way to have God-honored success in dating and marriage? No. There are many couples that have done things in all kinds of different ways that they both love Jesus and they both have healthy, and they're both in satisfying, healthy marriage. Is this a guarantee to have a happily ever after? No. But it is wise. And it sets you up for success. And it puts your priorities in order. This is about Jesus. My life is about Jesus. And this is either going to add to my relationship with Christ or nothing gets added to it. If you want what other people don't have, you're going to have to do something different than what they're doing. Are you willing to date differently? All right. I am genuinely thirsty. Look, at this looks so great. I'm really pleased with it. Yeah, it doesn't taste bad at all. Maybe a little musty. All right. Recap. Christian dating is two Christians mutually agreeing to companionship towards marriage for God's glory. Christians date differently. They assign marriage its proper value. They only date other Jesus followers, and they don't stress over the idea of the one because they trust God. They take it slow, filter, 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 filter. Will dating enhance or weaken your light for Jesus? Your most important status is not boyfriend or girlfriend. It's, I'm a follower of Jesus. And your highest purpose isn't finding your missing piece. It's being salt and light. So my challenge for you this week is to write down, think about it, and write down three group date ideas that will help you get to know someone on a deeper level. A bad idea is seeing a movie because you're sitting there staring at a screen and that's dumb, nothing's learned. So come up with some creative ways that you can hang out with your friends if you're actually walking through our filter, filter, filter process. 
Heavenly Father, it is an honor to serve you. And I pray that you are messing up paradigms of love and romance and dating and sex and marriage in here. That, that you have teenagers in here that can never think about things the same way again. That they're going to see the definition of love as different. They're going to view the other sex as different. They're going to be willing to grow first in some things before they, they put themselves out into something that could be destructive. And that they're going to be willing to take it slow. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And I pray that week after week after week that your, your people keep showing up to learn and to grow about wise dating principles. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to all of you who have subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. If you would like to learn more about Elevate, you can visit us at iloveelevate.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for everything you do that brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Now go. Follow Jesus.